about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 1 tonight. Father, I thank you for your word once again tonight. I thank you for the spirit of God and the anointing of God. Father, I thank you that you're opening up the eyes of our understanding and flooding our spirit, man, with your light. I thank you that we're coming to know the knowledge of your will and understanding in every single area of our lives. Father, we thank you for the natural, but we also thank you for the supernatural and the power to live in that supernatural and live a, a spiritually alive lifestyle. I thank you for more revelation tonight on how to appropriate your word, how to cooperate with your spirit, and how to get things done for the kingdom of God. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 1 tonight. We're going to talk about a miracle in your own life tonight. I mean, know there are Christians that need miracles. Luke chapter 1, look at verse 30. It says, And the angels said unto Mary, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. We're living in the day basically of the impossibilities. We're living in a time when God wants us to advance ourselves from the natural to start to live in the supernatural realm. Even what you see going on in the world right now, the natural has really reared up its head to try to keep people looking at what's going on in the world and concentrate and talking about what's going on in the world. But God wants to expand our vision and our sight and our thinking so that we move out of the realm of the possible, out of the realm of the natural, into the realm of the spiritual realm. He does that basically by expanding our thoughts life to see things in the Word of God that are above the natural realm. A miracle is basically a work of supernatural origin. A miracle is a work of supernatural or origin. It can be immediately or it can be a gradual miracle. Power that cannot be provided by a natural agent. It is also a manifestation in the life of God's promises. How I many you know every time a promise that God has given you comes to pass in your life, it's actually a miracle? It's something that couldn't be done. It's something that was promised that you got a hold of and it's something that became a reality in your life. Someone who's deathly sick gets healed. A manifestation of the promise, by my stripes, you are healed. Someone who's in debt, deeply in debt, all at once gets financial deliverance. What is it? It's simply a manifestation in your life of God meets your needs according to his riches and glory. Another person's in an accident. Their car is demolished. It's totaled. But the person comes out uninjured. What is that? It's a manifestation of nothing by any means shall ever hurt you. God's promises were given to you to manifest in your life. We talk about the promises a lot. We talk about what they are. We talk about uh, having the promises written down. But those promises are basically given to you so that you could receive those promises. That's the only reason why God gave them to you. 
So as we live in the natural realm is basically to live without the influence and the reality of God's promises in your life. Since coming to TCVC, since sitting under the Word of God wherever you've been, you should be getting a little bit wealthier than you were before you started hearing the Word of God. You should be getting a little bit healthier than you were before. There should be more peace and joy and hope in your life than there was before. You should start to see yourself as a king with authority and with power. Why? Because the Word and the Spirit, basically in the midst of you, are now causing a process of a miracle that many times you do not even know is taking place in your life. If you look back to where you were, and if I looked back to where I was at one time when I got born again, I figured out that I've been working in a miracle the whole time since I've been born again. The changes that have come into my life, the way that I think, the, the way that I act, the way that I do things, as I look back now, was a gradual miracle in my life, a complete transformation in my life. Why is that? Because when you're on the Word of God, it changes the way you think, it changes the way you think, and changes the way you even speak. And what does that do? It changes your life from where it was into a miracle that could not have been done without the Word of God and the Spirit of God in your life. I know a lot of people I know who started out basically went from divorce court to the love boat. Some went from sick all the time and they ended up going into sick hardly ever. What was happening? There was a miracle being done in their life and they didn't even know the transformation was taking place. Some have gone from worried, fearful, stressed out to now counseling others who are worried fearful and stressed out from knowing about him to actually knowing him what is that it is a miracle the bible says in faith and in patience say patience now we know all about faith don't we but we don't like that word patience because we want everything right now but notice he says in faith and patience is where you inherit the promises of god so sometimes miracles are not suddenlies and sometimes they are But when they're not suddenlies, it does not mean the miracle has not taken place or started to take root. It simply means that it is not manifested yet in the natural realm. Most Christians desire one big event that will suddenly change their life forever. Praise God if I could just hit that lot of one time. I'd never have to worry about money again. But God says not to worry at all. He says, why do you worry about these kind of things? Why do you worry? Why do you act like that? People think, well, you know, if I just totally 100% get healed one time, I never have to stand against these stupid symptoms in my life anymore. That can take place in your life if you die. Otherwise, as long as you're living here, there's going to be attacks against your physical body. There's going to be things that come against your body, and you're going to have to stand by faith. How about this one? If God would just zap my spouse, just zap them one time and straighten them out, praise God. So I wouldn't have to love them anymore when they're mean. I wouldn't have to be kind to them. I wouldn't have to have patience. If he could just perfect them perfectly through a miracle, our marriage would be so wonderful, praise God. But notice, most people are in the midst of miracles, and they don't even know miracles are taking place in their life. We have thought a miracle is just a random act of God. He chooses to do it, or he may not choose to do it, or then again, he may choose to do it. If he does it, He does it, and if he doesn't do it, he just decided not to do it. But many many times we do not understand that we have a part to play in a miracle in our own life, and a miracle even in the lives of others when you're ministering to them. Sometimes we have short-circuited a miracle by grumbling and complaining about what we thought God wasn't doing in the midst of what God was doing. Jesus said, no matter what, don't be afraid, only believe. And we should not start believing just when we need a miracle. How many know the Bible actually calls us believers? 
That means we should be believing all the time, every day of our lives, not just when we get in trouble and all at once, boy, we want to turn our faith on and we want to start quoting the promises. This is a lifestyle of believing God all the time. How do I know if I believe in God? Are you worrying? Are you fearful? Are you in anxiety? It means simply you're not believing God. Basically, you've got to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. All right, Luke chapter 1 here. Let's look at this again. Look at verse 31. The angel says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This is where Mary basically received the word from God. The angel said, You will conceive a child by the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. Now notice the word that she received from the angel, and basically if you look up the word of God, one of the definitions of it is the sperma of God. Say the sperma of God. So the Word of God is basically the seed that is implanted into human beings who take that seed and meditate on that seed and get that seed to produce in their life so that a miracle can be performed in their life. Every miracle begins with the Word of God. Say, every miracle begins with the Word of God. Notice, not just any word, but the word specifically spoken to you. For years before I was 30 years of age and I'd hear and I'd see it at football games and I'd see it on signs that God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I could quote that scripture and I knew where it was because they always had John 3.16 on the sign. It's the only reason why I knew it because I never looked in the Bible anyway. But I knew that scripture. But one day in my life, all at once, that scripture became alive on the inside of me. I read it in the Bible and it was, it, God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son. What happened? The sperma of God or the seed of God entered on the inside of me and started to go to work to bring me into a place to where I'd come and I would receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, basically because now I knew that Jesus actually died for me. Hallelujah. It was a revelation in my life. And then other words started coming in my life and jumping off the page. The words leap off the page. What happens when that takes place? A conception. Say a conception. It's like, it's like uh, somebody planted something in your heart. It's like something that nobody else could see went in there. And all at once that word, whatever it was, whether it was going to all the world and preach the gospel, whether it was God loves you, whether it was anything else, it hits you on the inside. And all at once you get a revelation that God sent me this word and it's been planted on the inside of me. And now I have to allow that word basically to grow on the inside of me. Now we just went through the birth of a baby. How many of you know that that birth started a long time ago? Just didn't start a couple days ago. No, that started probably eight, nine months ago when it took place. And over a period of time, it grew. And over a period of time, it got bigger. And over a period of time, it became more and more real. Till one day, actually, it became really real. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What happened? The conception was birthed. How many know that's a miracle right there? Hallelujah. So the Word of God will leap off the page and it will plant itself on the inside of you. What is that? It is a Holy Ghost pregnancy that takes place on the inside of you through the Word of God. Now look at verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, how many know this was a good question? I mean, my goodness sakes. She said, How can this be? This is not possible in the natural. Most times when you get a word of conception that hits you, you will get excited at first and then wonder if that was really God. Because most of the things that hit you are bigger than what your mind is thinking at the time, and it may not even be something that God has relayed to you before. All at once, it hits you on the inside. Remember when he came to Abraham and Sarah and told him he was going to be the father of many nations? What did they do? They laughed, didn't they? They said, ha, ha, in your dreams, basically, is what they were saying. There's no way this is going to come to pass. So the conception that hits you, many times nobody else sees or feels that conception but you. 
You're the only one. Many times when that conception hits, you need to solidify it in your life before you start broadcasting it to everybody else who's never going to believe what you're just about to tell them anyway. All right, look at verse 35. The angel answered her and said, Well, this is the deal. The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. She tried to explain, the angel tried to explain to Mary that this is not going to be your natural thing, so stop trying to figure it out with your natural mind. This is something in your heart. It is a supernatural spirit impregnation that's beyond the natural realm. All right, look at verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now notice, this is interesting. The angel came and announced the word to Mary. Why did he announce the word to Mary? Because he needed Mary's agreement in order to have this miracle take place. Now, who are we talking about here? We're talking about God, aren't we? So did God need Mary's yes in order to do this thing? Yes, he did. So it just wasn't God saying, well, praise God, maybe it will. Notice, he already told her what was going to happen through the angel. God had already spoken the word of what he wanted, the desire and result that he put there. And people say, well, did Mary just wake up in the morning and say, my God, I'm pregnant. I don't know what happened. All at once I'm showing. It doesn't work that way. People want miracles and they've got no seed for that miracle. They've got no word for that miracle. They've got no promise. And they just want God to do something. It does not work that way. Mary knew about the pregnancy before. And people just say, well, you never know what God's going to do. Well, then don't expect a miracle in your life because you ain't got no idea where he's working in any area of your life. His ways are too far out. We'll never understand them. That just shows me that he's not impregnated you with anything of the Word of God so far. God, first of all, revealed his plan to her ahead of time through an angel, through the Word of God. That means when you're sitting under a sermon, you're sitting under prophetic word, sometimes the word of God will hit you, maybe in your finances, maybe in your health, maybe in your marriage. That word is a rhema word to you that God wants you to plant in your life and allow that to grow to get the desired end. How many know God wants you to prosper? Well, if you're in debt right now and that word comes out and it hits you about him meeting all your needs and you having more than you even got to have and it hits on the inside of you, if you will nurture that word, that's God showing you the end result of worry he wants you to go by a miracle in the promises of God and believing that. So basically, it doesn't matter who it is. It can come over TV. It can come over you reading the word. God wants to impregnate you with his word in areas of your life so you can go from where you're at right now to where you need to be, praise God. Hallelujah. The conception was not really part of Mary's hopes. How many of you know that? This was not part of her dreams. This was not part of her plans. When the angel came and said, hey, you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost, how many know she didn't jump up and say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I was believing for that, and I was standing on the Word of God. No, that was the initial impregnation into her heart, taking her from where she was to where she was going to go. Many times in our life, we just become satisfied. I'm paying every bill. I'm scrimping and I'm saving. I'm just getting by, but I'm paying every bill. Praise God for that. Well, God don't want you there. He wants you to go beyond there. Well, you know, I only got one pain in my arm. Now, I used to have pain in my leg and my other arm and my other, and I just got one, so this pain in the arm is nothing to bear. You don't need to bear anything, praise God, because God has already given you the promise. He wants you to go further than you are already, praise God. So she had to go through a lot of things. She was planning a wedding. She was engaged. She was thinking about all the wonderful things that were going to take place and all at once this angel shows up and how many know blew that wedding up? Hallelujah. And what do you think Joseph said? Uh, Joseph, I just want you to know we're engaged, but I'm pregnant already. And his first thought said, with who? Come on, who did it to you? Where are they? Don't you love me anymore? Oh, don't worry about it. It was the Holy Ghost. 
And I'm sure he went, oh, okay, my God, why didn't you just tell me that to begin with that it was the Spirit of God? Wouldn't have been no problem whatsoever. And now she's got to go to her parents. Uh, Mom and Dad, I'm pregnant. You are? Um, we're going to kill Joseph. And poor Joseph didn't even do anything. He was just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, basically. So how many know he probably got the blame for it? Come on now. See, we don't think about these things taking place. But what was this? This was something that God needed in his plan and his purpose, needed to find somebody. He found Mary, and he needed Mary's agreement. I'm showing you right now that agreement wasn't that great. We think, my gosh, if I could have had Jesus and had a baby, wouldn't that have been wonderful? But you don't see all the stuff around it. But you say, why in the heck? I would have never did that. Are you out of your mind? Uh, Joseph was nuts. My parents wanted to kill me. This isn't working out. It's easier to say no thanks to the call of miracles in your life. Why is that? Because a lot of times fear sets in. A lot of times you see yourself failing whatever God's calling you to do. And most of the time you don't see yourself with enough ability to get the job done. How I many know Mary would have rather did it her way? Angel, let me help you out. We'll get married and I'll get married to Joseph. We're going on our honeymoon and I'll get pregnant. And nine months later, we'll go ahead and have a baby. But how many know that wouldn't have been good? Because it had to be by the Spirit of God in order for it to allow us to be redeemed by what happened. Praise God. So natural ways will produce God. No natural ways will produce God's results. It has to be a Holy Ghost thing or a Holy Ghost impregnation on the inside of you. And even after the impregnation comes to you, the first thing you want to do is try to figure out how to bring it to pass. Now, how am I going to do this? Let me figure this out. I've got to know what to do. How many know Abraham did that? Yeah. Well, my wife, she's barren. I'll just go to the maid here, and I'll just knock her up. Praise God. Now, have me a son. Glory to God. God, you, you were right. And God said, you're full of it the whole time. Praise God. Why is that? And that's what happens when God drops something in your, you're going to start a church. Well, how do I do this? Let me see. What do I need to do? How do I need to do this? How do I need? The best thing you can do is just put the pressure on the seed or the promise that was put in your heart. Just continue to confess that promise. Confess the end result. Like Mary just should have walked around and said, I'm going to have a baby and his name's going to be Jesus. Praise God. I'm, I'm good. Baby Jesus is going to come for me. I was pregnant by the Holy Ghost. She didn't have to figure out how. She didn't have to figure out what. The more you get in here, the less growth comes down here. In other words, your impregnation will get stunted by you trying to figure the thing out with your natural mind. And even though this was God's will, this was God's plan, this was a plan that was going to affect all humanity, God still needed Mary's yes in this decision in order to get it done. Mary had to make a decision to allow the miracle in her life. She had to choose what God told her and agree with it. People always think, well, if it's God, it's going to happen. If it's not God, it's not going to happen. God's sovereign, you know. He can do whatever He wants to do. How many of you know He just couldn't have grabbed Mary, stuck the Holy Ghost on the inside of her, and made her pregnant without her agreement? So if you're going to have a miracle in your life, if you're going to advance in the things of God, you've got to first of all have a seed, and then you've got to put the pressure on the seed, not the end result. God is responsible to bring the promise to pass. You are simply responsible to believe the promise or the impregnation that God has put on the inside of you. If you're going to live a life of miracles, you cannot be a wimpy, half-hearted Christian. You cannot be casual. Well, if the miracle happens, it happens. I know God wants to start a church, and if he's going to start it, just let him drop the church down from heaven and bring people in, and we'll be able to do it. No, you've got to follow the Holy Ghost of the impregnation and let him show you how to get from point A to point B. Even when you're in debt. I mean, when you're in debt, everybody wants to get out of debt. 
They hate debt. They hate to owe people. They hate that stuff. But basically, it's going to be a series of steps for you to get to one place or the other. God's just not going to drop a check down of $50,000 out of heaven, and you're going to grab it and run to the bank. It doesn't work that way because we are called to be managers of everything on the earth. And as you learn to manage your money, as you learn to manage your health, as you learn to manage your marriage, as you learn to manage these things, basically you grow from step to step to step to step, and all at once you'll end up where the promise promised you and not even remember how you got there because basically it was just a walk of faith through the whole time about what God has already placed on the inside of you. And I mean, you're going to have to talk in line with it no matter who you're around. How you doing? I'm healed. What did the doctor say? I don't care what he said. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Praise God. Well, why are you healed? Because Jesus bore my sicknesses and he carried my diseases. And with his stripes, I'm healed. But how do you feel? I never asked Jesus how I feel. Jesus just said, by his stripes, I've been healed. He bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. And with his stripes, I've been healed. Yeah, but we heard. I don't care what you heard. Here's what I heard. I heard the word of God and the impregnation that came on the inside of me. I heard that my needs are met according to his riches and glory. I heard that I'm going to prosper in every area of my life. Boy, you don't look like you're prospering right now. Well, it doesn't care what it looks like right now. You've got to stay on that because there's going to be a tax to get your mouth out of line with whatever you're going through in a miracle. People are sooner or later going to start calling you overboard. They're going to call you radical. They're going to call you way out there someplace. You're not way out there. You're right where you're supposed to be, basically. But nobody else understands what's going on. So you must be able to say yes to the word of the impregnation with no evidence in the natural realm of it coming to pass. The only thing that you have is the conception on the inside of you is the word of God. Hallelujah. So what did Mary say? She said, let it be done according to thy what? To thy word, not according to your ability, not according to other people's opinion, not according to what it looks like, not according to the expert's findings, according to thy word. What word? The word that she was impregnated with by the angel that started the miracle. I told other people that I'm going to preach, I'm going to pastor, I'm going to heal the sick, I'm going to cast out devils, I'm going to raise people up before I did any of that stuff. And people would say, you're crazy. You're nuts. Ain't no way you can do that. You can drink. I mean, if you do communion, you'd be good at that because you could drink that. That's about all you're going to be good at, praise God, is something like that. Why is that? Because they did not know there had been a change in my life and an impregnation from a different world and a different kingdom were on the inside of me. And all at once on the inside of me, I saw something different in my life that other people did not see at that time, praise God. So you will probably never have a conception that everybody agrees with. As a matter of fact, I believe that most will not. If you have a personal word, most of the time it is to you. I mean, I remember when I wanted, God dropped in my heart when I was over there at Long John Silver's about this building, and I don't know what happened. It just was in here, and it didn't matter how much it cost. It didn't matter anything else, so I went to a financial advisor. I said, hey, I'm thinking about buying this building. Here's the money I got. Here's the money of the church, and he says, oh, no, that would be the worst move of your entire life. You don't want to do that, so I go to the realtor, and I said, what do you think of this? He said, that's ridiculous. You ain't got enough money to do any of that stuff. You're just going to end up folding up and do anything. That ain't going to work, so I said, well, you know, they're a lot smarter than I am. So I can remember me and my wife went to the beach the next day and we're sitting there at the beach and not doing anything, just sitting there in the sun. And once I looked over, I said, my God, that building's ours. And she said, what? I said, I really believe we're supposed to buy that building. And she said, whatever you think we're supposed to do. So I called the financial advisor, said, sorry, Charlie, we're going with the building. I called the realtor. I said, they, they couldn't get it out of here, you see. And I tried to get rid of it. Come on, you try to, you try to think of every reason why you shouldn't do it. 
and it still keeps coming up on the inside of you. You can't get rid of that darn thing. What is it? It's the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Knock, 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 knock. Well, Holy Ghost, you don't understand this. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much money you don't have. There's a seed on the inside of you. All you've got to do is agree with the initial pregnancy that you got, and I will take care of the finances, the building, and everything else that's there. Now, how many know that's a step? And how many know when that comes to pass? It's a miracle, isn't it? But notice there had to be the impregnation that came. You have to know, like Kenny Copeland says, you have to know that you 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 know. And then you're ready to go, praise God. What did he mean by that? It's beyond the natural realm. It's in your spirit. You know something's in there. You know you're going to do it. And, and there's always a fight when it comes to you, praise God. Did you have the money? No. Did it sound like a good idea? Absolutely not. Did anything sound good? No. But on the inside of you, there was a pregnancy. So what did I have to say? Let it be done unto me according to thy word, praise God. And what happened then? God went to work. So sooner or later, in the supernatural, God is going to lead you to a place where you have to make a decision. You will either become satisfied with what you have, satisfied where you are, or you can let go of the natural and go where God wants to take you in every single area of your life. This is a decision only you can make. People want counseling all the time, and they want me to make decisions for them, and I can't do it. I can make decisions for me, but I can't make decisions for you. Well, should I do this? I don't know. Now, if they want advice on finances to help them or something like that, yes. But if it's a big decision, I cannot make that decision for people. People have to make their own decisions. And the only reason why they want me to make it, because if they're wrong, then they can blame me rather than themselves. I mean, come on now. Isn't that the truth? Well, I didn't make the wrong decision. Pastor Tom told me to do that. Well, I'm smarter than that by now. I've been around too long, praise God. I'm not going to get in the middle of that. I may help their vision. I may show them the good parts of the vision rather than the bad parts that they're looking at and try to lead them in that direction. But that's a decision only you can make. Only you can make in your family. Only you can make in your health. Only you can make in your wealth. Only you can make in that. You have to make the decision for yourself whether you want to stay where you're at or let God impregnate you with a word on that so that you can grow out of that place into another place. Ultimately, it's your decision. It's your responsibility, number one, to conceive. Number two, to carry Number three, to protect. And number four, to deliver the miracle. You have to conceive it. You will have to carry it. You will have to protect it. And sooner or later, you will deliver that miracle. We sing that one song about uh, promises, about promises won't let go of me. Notice, the promise never lets go of you. You let go of the promise. It won't let go of you. You can put it down and not want to do it and whatever, but it just keeps coming back on the inside of you and keeps coming back on the inside of you. It just won't let you go with what it, God has told you to do. How many of you know if Mary would have consulted Joseph and said, what do you think about this deal, Joseph? You think I should become pregnant by the Holy Ghost before we get married? You think Joseph would have said, by God, that's a great idea. I've been praying for that. No, he would have said, no, I don't want to do that. How about if would have went for Mary's parents? Mom and Dad, what do you think? Should I become pregnant with the Holy Ghost before I get married? How many know they would not have said, oh, yeah, that sounds like real good. So notice the yes was the start of the miracle. That was the start, the yes with God's Word. But bad advice is going to come, troubles are going to come, resistance is going to come. Many people abort their miracle in the midst of their miracle. And this is when it's not a suddenly. Even if it's a suddenly, you've got to press into the Word of God or you're going to lose your suddenly and, and lose your miracle and lose whatever God got over to you anyway. So, and you see people in the Bible who did that. You've got Daniel now who prayed, even when he wasn't supposed to. He thought, well, you know, if I just do what God's telling me to do, I don't have to worry. God will protect me. So Daniel thought, they'll never arrest me because I'm praying, praise God, and I'm in line with God. How many know they came and arrested him? 
They started carrying him off. So all the way as he's walking to the lion's den, he's thinking, looking for a bolt of lightning or something to come to help him because God's supposed to help him in this situation. And my gosh, nothing takes place. He gets to the lion's den and now he's thinking, oh, here it comes. Hallelujah. Jesus and the angels are going to show up. Now, how many know they didn't show up? And then they threw him down, and on his way down, he had to be thinking, oh, my God, if you're going to do something, you better do it pretty quick. And he got down to the bottom, and how many know the miracle took place down there? Now, how many know he could have quit anywhere along there? Oh, God's going to let me croak. The lion's going to eat me. Here I go. I'm going on the lion's den. Thanks a lot, God. Loved your word. Had a good time with you. But it didn't work that way. Why is that? Because the miracle was in steps. The attacks were in steps. But he stayed to the very end of that thing that was in his heart. And by doing that, what happened? He had a miracle in his life. How about the three? I love this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Love that story. Bow down. We ain't going to bow down. Okay, then we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. You ain't even going to arrest us. You know, I mean, you know they arrested him. Started carrying that way. Then he watched him, and they turned the furnace up hotter. I mean, he said, well, now we're going to get delivered. It's really hot in there, praise God. I mean, if you're going to burn up, what makes a difference how hot it is anyway when you really think about it? That was just a scare tactic. Well, there we are. The fiery furnace were turning up 10 times hotter than it was. Oh, Lord, now come on, come on, come on. How many know that they opened the door and he said, here comes deliverance. It's got to be coming. How many know it didn't come? And they put him in the fiery furnace, and at once they don't even burn up. How many know there was a miracle? How many know they could have bowed down any time? in there. And one of the things that they said was, even if the Lord doesn't deliver us, we're still going to believe the Lord, praise God. Now, how many know that's beyond faith? That means even if they went in and got burned up, they were still going to be yelling, we believe you, God, as the fire was burning their clothes and everything else. Now, I'll tell you what, that is faith, brother. I'm telling you right now. I may be able to get to the part where I'm thrown in the fire, but that may be the end of where I go with this stuff, praise God. But notice, what were they? They were radical, man. They were standing. They had a word of God. They knew that they would be protected. It was on the inside of them, and nobody was going to change that thing in their life. But you can see the steps that came. Well, I'm going to start a church. Well, 30 people show up, 20 get mad, 10 split off. Pretty soon you got four. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm starting a church. Praise God. All at once you're paying out of your own pocket to pay stuff. Well, this is really good being the pastor of a church. Glory to God. And, and people tell you you're called. And then people tell you you're not called. And then people tell you how to do this. And people tell you how to do that. Man, you're so confused after one year. You're wondering why you ever took this thing. But on the inside of you, it just will not let you go. Praise God. Why is that? Because once God gets that word in there and that, that pregnancy word in there and the Holy Ghost is somebody who brings to remembrance constantly, he, he becomes a good nagger, if I can say that. He nags you over and over again. This is what I told you. This is what it says. So what do we have to do? A miracle will always take you beyond your natural ability. You cannot rely on your old ability and preach and teach and do anything. If you rely on the ability you have, you're in trouble because you don't have enough ability. What do you have? You've got supernatural ability on the inside of you. Your mind will even have trouble seeing yourself lay hands on the sick and they recover. It just won't compute for a while until you meditate on it and read the scriptures on it and see that it worked in Jesus' life. What's happening? God's trying to once again expand our thought line, seeing us completely healed. I mean, John G. Lake was a guy who grew up in a family with all kinds of sick people. His whole family was sick and sick and diseased. And all at once he came out of it, praise God, and he got on fire for the things of God, and he knew that sickness was a devil and he knew he had authority over the devil so he would go when they had the blue blinding plague and he just walked up and he just said put some of that stuff in my hand and of course they said oh everybody's dying and they say just put it in my hand put it under a microscope and they put the frothy stuff on his hand put it under a microscope and it just started wilting and dying on his hand why is that he knew who he was he knew the power and authority he had he knew that he was healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet to the spirit of God on the inside of him and he wasn't afraid of any sickness or any disease how I many you know if, if he got there, you get there. There's no book of John G. Lake that got him there and nobody else can get there. No, we can grow into that. You can come to a place where the next 
whatever it is, id, whatever COVID it is that comes, you don't have to be afraid of it anymore, praise God. Why? You know you've got authority over that thing. You know you're not going to sick. You're not going to put up with that stuff. Why? Because you have authority. But that doesn't happen when it comes. See? Everybody wants to wait till the attack comes. Then we're going to get real spiritual, aren't we? Boy, we get the dust off that Bible then, and we are ready to study them promises like never before, and we start confessing the Word, and we start... No, no, no. This is a way of life, man. This is growing up. This is what the Word of God will do on the inside of you. It will grow. So you've got one choice in the miracle. To stay in the miracle, you have to trust God. Say, trust God. Trust God. Many times it'll be hard to trust God because it is the Word of God only. And we live in a country where we've got a lot of other options rather than trusting the Word of God only, don't we? I mean, if you get in debt, you got credit cards. If you get in credit card trouble, you got credit card help. Get a hold of them and they'll do everything. I mean, there's always somebody there to try to bail us out who aren't really bailing us out to begin with. The medical stuff, we've got so many different specialists, so many different stuff, but the best way is to get over on the Word of God and get a pregnancies in these areas because what are you going to do when they take all the money away and make it no good? You're still going to have to have somebody meet your needs according to His riches and glory, and it's going to be God, and where He comes up, and where is He going to get it? I wonder how he's going to do it. Stop wondering. Stop, stop figuring it out. Let God be God and put the pressure on the promise and the impregnation that came into your life. And usually there is resistance before every step you take in your miracle. Every single one, there's going to be a resistance there. You're going to run into somebody else. You're going to run into anything else that tries to get you into doubt and unbelief. After time, all the obstacles to your miracles will move out of the way. Feelings can no longer stop you. Your emotions can no longer defer you. People cannot persuade you or talk you out of it. Circumstances won't rattle you anymore. You are only going to trust the conceived word in your heart and put pressure on that word. Hallelujah. Go to Mark chapter 4. I mean, I was impregnated to write a book probably 15 years ago. The impregnation was there. It went a little bit, did a little bit, stopped a little bit, did a little bit, did some of it, sent it out. Oh, you don't want to print that. I ain't got nothing in it. Oh, let me correct you on some of the spelling in there. I wasn't giving it to him to correct the spelling. I was trying to find, oh, I don't like the way you, yeah, And I just kept going and just kept going, just kept adding to it and just kept adding to it and just kept adding to it, just kept adding to it. Didn't, didn't release it until it's time. Didn't release it until things are gone. What are you doing? You're going to get some opposition any place that you go or anything that you do from anybody who's there, praise God. So you've got to be careful who you show it to even before you do it, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And by the way, the book's coming out November 30th. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so move on to the next miracle. Glory to God. All right, Mark chapter 4, look at verse 14. Here it says, the sower sows what? The Word. So the impregnation comes from the Word of God into your heart. These are they by the wayside where the Word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately to agree with the Word that was sown in your heart. What does it say? He comes to encourage you for the word that God sowed in your heart. No, Satan comes immediately to take away. He wants to get, we talk about physical abortion. This is a spiritual abortion. He wants to take that impregnated word out of the inside of you. Why? Because he believes, watch this, he believes it's going to come to pass, even if you don't. Satan believes it. He said, my God, they got a word. I better do something. God means business with this thing. He probably believes it more than we do. So what does he do? He tries to take away the word that's in your heart. He tries to do a spiritual abortion. You have to make the decision all at once. You have to make a decision to increase that miracle. You have to make a decision to stand strong. 
And sometimes after an impregnation comes, it's hard to pray in tongues. It's hard to even read the word anymore. It's hard to do anything for some reason. But if you just keep going and you break through on the other side, there'll be more revelation comes. There'll be more insight in how to do it. There'll be more of a big picture of what's coming to the end. How many know God is a big picture God? In other words, God's got the final result, the big picture for each and every one of us. He sees you totally healthy, totally wealthy, totally powerful as a king and a queen unto God. He sees that end result, but the only way to get you there is to take his promise and shove it on the inside of you and make you pregnant on the inside through the Holy Ghost so that you see that and meditate on it and you get from where you're at now to where he sees that you are right now. And that's it. People say, well, God sees my sin. God doesn't even care that much about your sin. Sin just stops you from figuring out your impregnation and getting to your destiny that God wants. We're so sin, 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 sin that everybody's so sin-minded they don't go anywhere. God's not interested in sin, and sin doesn't hurt God, sin hurts you. Well, I sinned again and hurt God. How did you hurt him? He didn't care. You jumped off a building and hit your head. He ain't any pain. You were stupid. You sinned. So what's he want you to do? Line up with the Word of God. Okay, repent and move on to the next thing. He wants you to get from A to B. Now, you may back up to minus... A minus A2 or whatever, but God wants you to go forward through what he's placed on the inside of you. So any impregnation that comes into your heart, there is going to be someone who comes to try to take that away from you every single time. The best thing I do is when God speaks something to me, I usually don't say a word. You'll find out that people who get impregnated and talk a lot really aren't impregnated probably to begin with. Well, I heard from the Lord. You know what God said to me? God said to me, I heard from the Lord. Pastor, God said to me, and he said to me, and I heard from the Lord all the time. Have you ever heard anybody like that? God said to me, and I heard from the Lord, and God said to me, and he said to me. No, if you get pregnant, you, you talk less, not more. You don't want the whole world to know. Trust me, if it's a real impregnation. You don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry to know that you're trying to do something supernatural that you can hardly believe you can do, much less they're going to try to believe that you can do it. It don't work that way. So you're quiet about it. So you just mellow out. You just meditate on it until it gets a little bit bigger, until it gets big enough to present to everybody else. All right, go back to Luke chapter 1. I mean, we're all believing for a miracle right now in the election, are we not? Yes. It's a miracle. And what can we do about it? Nothing. Believe. All we can do is believe what the prophets have spoken, period. Well, how are they going to do it? I don't care. Who's going to do it? I don't care. When's it going to take place? I don't care. But, but they're doing this. No, they're not. That's just the false prophets out there running their mouth, trying to get everybody to believe on the other end. And you've got Christians out there who are believing on the other end, who aren't even standing on the Word of God or doing anything. But we're going to stand there. We're just going to stay there. Not my problem, praise God. Is it going to happen? Yes. How's it going to happen? Not my problem. When's it going to happen? Not my problem. Praise God. What are we going to do? Believe simply the Word of God and the Word of God only. All right, Luke chapter 1, look at verse 45. And blessed is she, talking about Mary, that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, this is a powerful scripture. Notice, and blessed is she who believed. What did she believe? She believed the impregnant word that came to her. For there shall be now a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Why will there be a performance of those things told her from the Lord? Because Mary believed. So a miracle is more than just waiting on God. Well, if God wants to, it might happen, might not happen. Hope it happens. Mary believed what? She would have a child by the Holy Ghost. Since Mary believed the word, the results, there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the 
Lord. All right, God gives you the word on finances. You believe it. What's going to happen? There shall be a performance of those things which were told you from the Lord. Health-wise, what will happen if I believe it? There shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Your ministry, if you believe it, there shall be a performance of those things which are told her from the Lord. Now, what if Mary did not believe? Do you think God would have did it anyway? So if you ain't going to believe the impregnation, do you think God's going to do it anyway? Well, God can do it if he wants to. He's sovereign. You know, he just does whatever he does. No, he needs your part. Every scripture you see is all things are possible, not for God, but with God. You are the with with him. You are co-laboring with him to bring his kingdom will into this earth. So if you don't believe, there won't be a performance. The miracle was dependent on Mary believing the impossible. So this tells me that God is not looking for people with natural ability. Thank God. He's not looking for people super smart. Thank God. He's not looking for people who are real holy. Thank God for that. He's looking for someone who will simply believe His Word in their life. That's all He's looking for. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3. All right, Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 6. Galatians 3, 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God, now we know what he believed, didn't we? We believed that he was the father of many nations before he even had a kid. It was accounted unto him for what? Righteousness. Now, as I go through the Bible and I studied it, which really helped me, I found out that God has a bad habit of calling people to do things that they have no chance of doing in the natural realm. Abraham was probably one of the most unlikely people to be called the father of many nations. If I was going to pick somebody, it certainly wouldn't have been Abraham. It would have been a nice 25, virile young man who had a nice 20-year-old wife. Praise God, we're going to have a bunch of children, but God doesn't do that. Notice, 100 years old, a barren wife. How many know when Moses got called, he couldn't talk? Lord, I'd preach your word, but I can't talk. How many know God didn't care? How many know Benny Hinn had a severe stuttering problem? I wouldn't have picked him. No way. If I was going to pick somebody to preach the gospel, it wouldn't have been him. He couldn't even talk. How about David? He's just a sheep herder. You're looking at all these high people and all these rabbis and everything. Why would you pick out a sheep herder? Because that's what God does. God sows his word on the inside of people in their heart. Notice Abraham laughed. Then he tried to help God. If God took the time to consult with me, I would have told him to pick someone other than me. God knows His power is big enough to overcome any deficiency in the natural realm that you might have. When God performs a miracle, He wants to leave no doubt that it was God who performed the miracle. That means that you are a candidate for a miracle lifestyle. If you're called to preach, can't talk, okay. If you're called to give big and you're broke, okay, no problem. If you're called to sing, too nervous, can't carry a tune, okay. If God does not want your ability, He wants your availability to operate in His ability. He's not looking in what you have in the natural realm. And that's what scares us the most, isn't it? I can't do it. I'm supposed to preach, but I don't have the ability. I'm supposed to do this, but I don't have the ability. God says, good. You got the first part figured out already. It's not going to be your ability. It's going to be my ability to do it. And as soon as you forget about your own ability and simply trust my ability in your life, then things are going to get a lot easier for you. But as long as you want to struggle and try to figure it out for yourself, you're going to go through hell every time you try to do what God has told you to do, praise God. So you are a candidate for a miracle lifestyle. God uses unlikely candidates for miracles. I am an unlikely candidate 
worldly. I was a sinner, alcoholic, foul-mouthed. It was very unlikely for me to ever preach, teach, pastor, to get wisdom, to operate in the power of God. It was ridiculous for me to heal the sick when I was sick 90% of the time, to cast out devils when I was afraid of the devil back then, and to disciple people. All those things back there 35 years ago were absolutely insane for God to call me. But God is the God of the unlikely. We are living in a time when those who believe God will be separated from those who don't. Those who believe and will rise up the normal, natural Christianity and move into the impossible and the power of God, they will prove Jesus is alive through signs, wonders, and miracles, not only in their life, but in lives of other people around them. The question is, as we close out these classes, are you one of those people? Are you one of those people who's just going to be satisfied where you're at and where your marriage is at and where your health is at and where everything's at and where your finances are at and where your church is at? Or are you going to be one who wants to go beyond there? Because if you want to and you get hungry, God will show you the promises and impregnate you to take you further. If you're satisfied where you are, God just won't, you can read the Bible all you want. You ain't going to get no revelation out of it. You're just going to read it to please him and that's going to be it. But there's words in here that want to jump off the page and get into our hearts and open our eyes to the things of God that are further, to open up the ability that we have on the inside of us. The gifts of the Spirit are on the inside of us, and God's going to start rolling in those more and more. He has to into the supernatural realm. There's going to be words of knowledge, and I mean real words of knowledge. There's going to be words of prophecy, and I mean real words of prophecy. Everybody thinks they're a prophet right now, but man, half the prophecies I hear, a moron could give them. Hey, God loves you, God cares for you, and God's going to do great things for you. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I want to see some pinpoint prophecy. I want to say boom, 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 right down the line so that everybody knows. I mean, when we were back in the church a long time ago down there in Port Salerno, there was a young lady, don't even know her name. She was aside of me, and she, we always seemed to sit aside of each other, her and her husband. And when she praised, I mean, something happened. You know, I mean, when she opened her mouth, it wasn't just praise. It was like she was there, and God was there. And they were right there together. And then when she would prophesy, I'll tell you what, the hair didn't just stand up on my arms. I think some of it fell off when she was prophesying. But what she prophesied was pinpoint decisive things that God was saying decisively. Not just God loves you. You're so good. And that's good. How many know people need that? Don't they say that's bad. But I'm telling you pinpoint things to where she knew exactly what God was saying in that time. And when God starts talking like that, people start believing like that. And when people start believing like that, they start talking like that. And when they start talking like that, God's able with his power and a body to do those things, praise God. And that's where revival comes from. It comes from understanding the Word of God, seeing the Word of God, and then the love of God on the inside of you comes out and wants to fulfill everything that God wants to fulfill in our lives. And that's what God's doing in this generation right now. I think the church, for those people who really want to be alive, is more alive right now than it's been in a long time. And those who don't want to be alive, it doesn't make any difference anyway. They're not. I mean, a lightning bolt could come down, two angels could come to them, put a robe on their head and everything else, and they're just going to go home and wonder what the heck happened. But if you're hungry for the things of God and you want to move into the things of God, and it don't matter what age, praise God, I'm getting older, but I'll tell you what, there are more things going on in my heart and in my mind right now than there's been in the last 35 years. God is doing something on the inside of us. He's doing some things to move. He's, he's showing us new things, and, and you can have all you want if you want it. If you don't want it, then you're not going to get it anymore. That's just the way God is. I mean, you pursue him, you're going to find him. Seek and you will find, praise God. Knock and I'll tell you what, he will open some doors, praise God, in your life. But if you just stand outside the door and don't seek and hope God shows up sometimes, it's not going to work. So there needs to be that hunger in your heart for the miracles of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word again tonight. 
Father, I thank you. First of all, I want to speak to every person here who's in, been impregnated with the Word of God and shoved it off to the side. Maybe they just didn't understand it. I ask you on each and every person here, Holy Spirit, you rise up on the inside of them. You bring back to focus, back to sight, back to life, whatever you spoke to them in any area of their life. I pray you would put pressure on them to pursue that in Jesus' name, that they would grow in that vision and grow in that sight, and they would say, bless God, I, I didn't know I could do it, but now I know I could do it by the power of God that's in my life. Open our eyes, Father, to what we've not been doing that you want us to do, that now we know that we can do through the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And I thank you for illumination. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for knowledge. And I thank you for the yes of every single person in here who you've already spoken to about needing a yes to fulfill what you've called them to do in their life. Father, I thank you for these eight eight classes. I just thank you. I I really loved them, Lord. I thank you. I enjoyed every single one of them. And I'm going to keep on studying in the same thing. And thank you for all that you're doing, not only in the people who are here, but this entire Treasure Coast Victory Center Church. And we thank you that we will bring your kingdom back into this world in full force, righteousness, justice, and peace. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. the king.